I want to apologize in advance tonight because I'm going to talk about something that's highly controversial. It may sting a little bit for some of you, and I just want to get that out there, uh, the elephant in the room, before we even begin. Um, what worries me is a few years back when they surveyed Americans, back then it was something like uh, four out of ten Americans felt this practice was acceptable. And, and now, um, just recently, they surveyed Americans again, and they found nine out of ten Americans say practice is totally acceptable. However, the same nine out of ten Americans that said, yes, it's totally acceptable, also were people who say, but only six of them would admit to it. Even though, as we often find in surveys, that often more people uh, actually hold back on being completely truthful on surveys, and I'm guessing this is the case, so it's possible even more Americans are completely accepting of this practice in an ongoing way, especially this time of year, um, because this is probably the time of year when it happens the most in a huge way. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, and if you're feeling guilty already, you maybe should because people next to you will be impacted by this potentially even tonight, maybe even tomorrow, uh, because it's a big deal. And what I'm talking about is the practice of re-gifting. If you don't know what that's about, the practice of re-gifting goes like this. I receive a gift... And then I re-gift it. I, I give it to someone else as if I bought the gift and I take full responsibility for the gift I pass along to somebody else. It's called re-gifting. In fact, it, it was popularized back, I believe, in the 80s with the Seinfeld episode where Elaine caught somebody re-gifting one of her gifts, the label maker, and so was coined the, the phrase re-gifting. And happy Festivus for the rest of you. There we go. Had to say it. But the question is, where are we at with this practice today? Uh, I, I just thought, you know, as it's Christmas Eve, and man, you need some practical things to, to live on and as we come in the presence of Almighty God. I thought I'd share with you, uh, as I've been reading up and researching this, as the practice is more and more acceptable, we might as well embrace it. And if we're going to embrace it, we better do it well. Would you agree with me? Can you... Uh, Admit if you're a regifter, just to see who we're working with here tonight. <laughs> Not too many taking ownership of that because you know. All right. Here's what they say experts in the field of regifting, some pra practical approaches to regifting and doing it well. Number one, if you're, if you're taking notes, now would be the time to start. Make sure it's something the recipient will like. In other words, don't pass along a gift you don't really like and it's a terrible gift and then pass it to somebody else. Um, in fact, here's an example. Like, don't pass along an easy listening CD to your 10-year-old nephew. Probably not going to think that's very cool. Um, or another example is don't get like really uh, sweet, wonderful, uh, smelling, beautiful smelling hand lotion for your uncle. Not a good gift. Not a re-gift that you want to indulge in. So in other words, make sure it's a, a gift that's something that the one receiving it will like. Very important. And never, it said, under any condition, re-gift re a fruitcake. Very important. Especially not a year-old fruitcake. Much less a five-year-old fruitcake. Leave it alone. Number two, if you're taking notes, use the original packaging whenever possible. And it should look as if it came straight from the store. Now, there's tricks to this, and uh, you need to be aware of this. And, and one little piece to this is, if you haven't taken it out of the gift bag, 
Um, probably a good idea. I've read some horror stories online of people receiving regifted gifts that still have the original recipient and giver's name in the inside. Not good. Not good. So keep that in mind. Use the original packaging when appropriate to do so, and uh, non-opened is, is preferable. Number three, rewrap it when at all possible. Of course, don't give this yucky-looking gift bag or wrapping paper that's been torn. Rewrap it. After all, you're giving a gift that you're going to take credit for. You better wrap it nicely. Really important. Um, here's the thing is that can change a humble gift into something really special. I mean, the way it looks can mean a lot, and it, it, it's a sentiment that's well-received. Um, fourth thing is no hurt feelings. Here's the deal. Be careful not to re-gift a gift back to the one you got it from. Pretty important to understand that. I've also heard it's a good idea to stock the person you're going to give the gift to their Facebook page to make sure if you're giving them a gift, it's not a gift that you received from one of their friends that they're going to talk and say, hey, I got this gift from Pastor Mark. Very important. Know who you're giving it to lest there be hurt feelings. And the last one here is to admit or not to admit. Um, There's some disagreement on this if you should admit or not. And of course, you know, I kind of take this approach, you know, it's when the, the economy's tough and the budget's tight. After all, you've received a gift, you're passing on a gift that you received and you own. So if truly, why can't you share that with someone else? That's a gift. And so I, I think you're okay. You're on, on safe ground on that one. Regifting. Maybe you're already planning and it's already wrapped and the person sitting next to you will be the recipient even tonight. And you know what? You can feel good about that. Because here's the thing. You are in good company if you're a regifter. This is nothing new. Seinfeld didn't invent it. Elaine on Seinfeld didn't invent it. It's been around for a long time. In fact, we find it tonight in the Christmas story. It's a God who comes among his people and reminds us that the greatest gift of all time, a gift of him coming as a savior, is never meant to be something we keep for ourselves. It's not something you say, oh, isn't that nice? Isn't it great? God loves me. And like, all right, let's go on with life and you forget about it. No, it's meant to impact our world and our personal world and our life on every level. It's not just something that goes into a box for one or two weekends out of the year. It's meant to be something that God has given us to celebrate every day. And so many times we don't. Oh, I get it. We, we're, we're good at regifting, But a lot of times what we regift is not good things like the love of God. We become experts of regifting things that really we don't want. Put examples on that. Families come together at Christmas time, and the dynamics play out. They maybe already have for you. Maybe it's somebody who's not here tonight. Maybe it's, it's somebody that you've already had words with or have just already begun the silent treatment because of the dynamics that have built up. And guess what we regift? We regift an attitude or a mindset or a grudge or even a sharp word. And the regifting continues and it reciprocates year after year after year. Or maybe you left it at the office this week and it's going to be waiting for you when you get back after the weekend. We're great at regifting the junk of our life. You know, they say hurt people hurt people and it happens all the time. We hurt people around us who say, hey, they hurt me. They deserve it back. And guess what? We're great at regifting back things we don't want. How's that working for you really? Is there really happiness? Is there really joy in our life being re-gifters of stuff and attitudes and hurts and feelings that we, we really don't want? How does that work? God has such a better plan in, in store for us. 
Um, makes me think of, uh, there, there's these two brother-in-laws up in Minnesota, and every once in a while I share this, because I'm from Minnesota, I grew up there, have many memories of growing up there in Christmas time, and every year through my childhood, on the news, I'd look forward to the news story. These two brothers, um, one, I've got, got to look up their names, because it's fascinating to me, if you, maybe you know them, Roy Collette and Larry Kunkel are these two brothers-in-law, and, and, and it goes back to 1964, when Larry Kunkel received a gift from his mom, and it was a gift of moleskin pants. Uh, do you have any of those? There's a reason you don't, because they're very uncomfortable. And, and in Minnesota winters and Michigan winters, same thing. Is the problem with this pair of pants is they would freeze solid whenever the weather dropped, and, and you couldn't hardly sit. They'd crunch. And, and Larry thought to himself, this is not a good gift. And so he thought... I got an idea. So next Christmas, he gave them as a gift to his brother, Roy. And, and Roy's like, thank you. And Roy thought, wow. And then he tried them on. He realized these are not good pants. So the next year, he regifted them back. And then the year after that, his brother-in-law regifted them back. And this went back and forth like a tennis match for a few years until one year, the rules changed. And the whole game was never going to be the same. One of the brother-in-laws wrapped up the pants by tightly rolling them and squeezing them into a, a twist and then squeezing and pushing them into a, a, a two-inch pipe, copper pipe, and then sealed and capped the ends and gave it to his brother-in-law as a gift. It took a while for him to get them out. It took a good few days until he broke them out, but then he was already planning how he was going to re-gift it back the next year. Uh, give you some ideas of what happened over the next few years. Uh, it got a little nuts, to say the least. I'll give you some examples of this. Um, it happened then the following year uh, that the other brother-in-law re-gifted them back by putting in a, something like 300-pound box of stones and sealing it, uh, nailing it shut, and then wrapping it with, with steel. And uh, this 200 or 300-pound package he then delivered to his brother-in-law. It took him a couple weeks to get them out. But he had an idea for the following year how he was going to re-gift them back. And this is what he did. He made it even tougher. Um, it just got more complicated. They put them, he put them in a, um, in a coffee can, uh, soldered it shut, and then put it in a five-gallon pail of cement. Yeah. Oh, you haven't heard anything yet. The following year, his other brother-in-law re-gifted it back, but this time it came as a 2,000-pound, um, three-foot cube of steel. It was a, a, squ a squished uh, 73 gremlin car, uh, just that, and, and they had a note on it that said, um, you'll find the trousers in the glove box. <laughs> yeah, and the following year, it was some like three or 4,000 pounds of concrete, this huge thing shows up, and this went back and forth until finally 12,000 pounds of broken glass heated up to try and melt it around the pants. Actually, they burst in the flames and game over. <laughs> you know what, I, maybe we don't go to those extremes to re-gift things we don't want but it does mess with our family dynamics. It's not all fun and games. And you know that, and we know better. Especially when tonight, we come into the presence of God, and a God who has told us, I've come to give you a gift that really is a game changer for us. No matter who we are, no matter where we come from, what our background is, what doubts, what fears, what questions we have about God, or whether he even exists, a God who has come near to us, and has fulfilled incredible prophecies and kept his word. And it's more than, you know, I used to think this. You had to check your intellect in at the door to be a believer in Jesus. You know how untrue that is? God has given us truth we can know is trustworthy. 
and, and authoritative. It's something that changes life. And it's not a burden. It's not something God comes and says, okay, follow this list of do's and don'ts, and then you can be called a follower of me. No, that's not what this is about. That's every other world religion. Christ comes with a gift, and it's by grace we're saved. This amazing gift. God's word elsewhere says this, and I love how this pulls it together too, is James chapter 1. And the author writes by the Spirit, he says, every good and perfect gift is from above. And even by that phrase, we know what he's talking about. There's only one perfect gift. And it's not something we manufacture. It's not something we create or do or, or you know, achieve. None of that. The only perfect gift is from above. And it comes from God. And that perfect gift is the Son of God in this world who comes to be a Savior He says that he does not change like shifting shadows or the most recent iPhone that's now obsolete for everything else. God doesn't change. He's always in style, always in fashion, always appropriate, and always relevant. A God who's come near to us to bring the greatest gift. And he says this, he chose to give us life through that word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. I love that phrase. First fruits. Not one we use very often. Uh, maybe you, you've never used it before. What's it mean to be first fruits? And the idea is, you know, if you think about it, when we know the love of God and when that love of God dwells in us in the presence of Almighty God, His Holy Spirit over us as treasured children of God, guess what happens? We start to bear fruit, the fruit of God in our lives. Um, maybe you've heard of the fruits of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self control, and the list goes on. There's eight of them, and they change our world, our attitudes, where God has His way in us. And I got to thinking about this this week. If we're not supposed to ever re gift fruitcake, could it be, though, there's an exception to that rule? Because it is kind of true that if we are the fruit of God, and, and God gives us reason to celebrate in that life to each other. You know what? That makes us kind of a little bit of fruitcake, don't you think? And a God who calls us to re-gift. Well, in that case, it's time to be re-gifters of fruitcake. Through the love of Jesus, let the gifting begin. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Lord, whatever brings us here tonight, we, we pray. You should have your way in us. Where we've been re-gifters of things we didn't want selfishness, bitterness, anger, a lot of history and tension that builds up in our lives and often comes to light at times like now. We pray that you would remind us tonight that we can leave all of that in your presence tonight and be a new creation in Christ, the old being gone, the new being who we become in your presence. Lord, you are the great gifter and a God who calls us then when we've received that gift by faith to be re-gifters of your presence. Lord, may we share that fruit and that love to the world, starting with our own families and friends tonight and in these days. May we be re-gifters of that fruit in Jesus' powerful name. We pray it. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue our worship right now and and meditation uh, by gathering our offerings at this time. And just a note about that. uh, Here's the thing. We we share this all the time here at St. John. Is If you are a guest here tonight, please... Don't feel obligated to give a thing. We are blessed just to have you with us tonight. That is an incredible gift unto itself. And if God leads you to give, praise God. But 
don't feel obligated. We're just so blessed to have you here tonight. I want to share, too, at this time, we're going to pass welcome folders down the way, too. If you're on the inside aisle, just pass that along. We'd love to know you're here. We'll give thanks to you. And as mentioned at the beginning, if you'd like to subscribe to weekly updates from St. John, just put your email address there. We promise uh, we'll handle it from there and, and take care of it. But bless you as we worship as a family in Christ.